He taught me, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. To infinity and beyond! No crying? There's no crying in baseball! Welcome back to another bonus edition of the Know Your Cinema podcast. My name is Devlin Clemens, and with me as always is the one and only TikTok famous, the Thickums himself, Jason Quinn. Jason, how are you doing today, my friend? It is St. Patrick's Day as we record this. What's going on, my friend? Just having a little brewski, tipping it back, keeping it St. Patty's Day official. Salancha. And, uh... And, uh Just uh, just living the life. I did determine that our last episode was our hundredth movie reviewed today. Yes, um, you you did bring that to my attention today, which was very interesting. We have reviewed in over in less than two years, we have reviewed one hundred films, and that we have not done a repeat film until technically this week we will be doing a repeat film. Everybody says it's a completely new movie. I, I, while I agree that it is a different cut from a different director, technically the same name, filmed by the same actors around the same time, it would be a reimagining. I'm going to call it reimagining, which I would say that that's kind of like still... the Wiz. I don't know that it's the Wiz of the Justice League, but. <laughs> I mean, it could be the Wiz in like completely other terms of what the Wiz is. Well, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, we don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I'm, I'm, man, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm indifferent because of how fucking terrible the last one was. I'm just indifferent. And Snyder's Snyder's a hit and miss director to me. So, like, he just, sometimes he has, like, knock it out of the ballpark stuff, and he's very visual. So, I mean, that might be the bonus of everything, but we'll see. We will see. I mean, I, I, I've i heard through the grapevine that uh, this is supposed to be, this is apparently his best-reviewed movie ever from a critical standpoint. Um, us, us not included. Uh, I wouldn't count us in the formal critics standpoint. Fuck that. Fuck that. What? What Siskel and Ebert ever do? They made a whole lot more money than us doing the same type of shit. Fuck them. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Well, no, just uh, Roger Ebert. You know, fuck him because he talked shit about Ryan Dunn uh, right after Ryan Dunn died. So fuck him. That's like a kind of like a, a transition back to the end of our last. Yeah, it was a kind of a throwback, but I just for some reason that clicked in my mind. I remember reading an interview with right after Ryan Dunn died. You know, Ebert just got online, and him and Bam had like words about it because it was it was really like like a really shitty like thing that he said about it. And it's like, okay. Like Yeah, I mean, like, I get like Ryan Dunn hasn't really done I mean like he didn't really do anything bad to anybody. What the fuck did he do? Well, it was more along the lines of like Ryan Dunn should have never gotten his car. He should have never driven that fast and he took an innocent person's life, which is all true. All true. And while I respect what Roger Ebert said, it was, you know, the fact that 
how malice he said it. It was kind of a, a, a malicious way of saying, like, basically calling Ryan Dunn a piece of shit without calling him a piece of shit. You can look it up. It's probably still on the internet somewhere. But I digress. We are here to review Captain America, the first Avenger. Captain America. So I've I've seen this movie before. You've seen this movie before. This is nothing new um, for either of us. So uh, I'll I'll dive right in, uh, get my shit out of the way, and and then give the floor to you. Um, I love Captain America. I love I love the the choice to pick Chris Evans as uh, Captain America. I think that he looks the part. He he's a good actor. I think that he's gotten progressively better with his acting over the years. Cause the first thing I remember him in was in uh, not another teen movie. And he, I know it was a parody, but like some of the things, how he acted in that was like really over the top, but I get that that movie was part of it. So for me, it didn't really like compute. Right. Right. To an actual acting thing. But um, this movie is, is, is very eye-catching uh there's great uh story there's great uh cinematography there's great villains there's great actors there's great um there's great scenes and back shots and and world building there's so much going on there's little details in this movie too as well that are really awesome um and this movie's not without its flaws you know, there are the, the the CGI in this movie is a little touch and go, I think, especially the scenes where they're superimposing Chris Evans's head on uh, a, a smaller person's yeah. body. It's very it's very bad, like from a, a movie studio standpoint. Um, there's a lot of like it still looks better than uh, than fucking what's his face's mustache in the Justice League. Henry Cavill. Yeah, Henry Cavill's uh, mustache. Yeah. Well, he, he just looked like he got stung by a bee on his lip. <laughs> they covered it up. Just the, just the fattest lip. Yeah, like, like someone punched him in post-production or something. But, um, you know, like I said, this movie's not without its flaws. I, I There was a lot of, like, action sequences that were, like, they were, I get what they were going for. They were going for a very comic book-esque action sequence. Um, in parts where like he's riding the motorcycle and um, everything, we get a little bit more of uh, also um, Tony Stark's father. We get a little bit more of that character, uh, which I appreciate as well because you get to see uh, a lot of the contrast in personalities between Tony and Tony's father. Uh, still, Tony Tony's father kind of you know throws out those little jabs every once in a while um, with. And you kind of see glimpses of Tony Tony Stark in there. Yeah, he's he's a, it's a good casting on his on the guy that they got to yeah. play the younger version of his yeah. father. Yeah, I, I think because they didn't they didn't try to go for the guy that we'd seen in the other movie, uh, the, the Iron Man movie. They didn't try to go for that guy. They went for a guy that kind of resembled Tony, a young uh, a young Tony Stark, but didn't fully resemble Tony Stark. Like if they would have put. Robert Downey Jr. in that role to play his dad, I don't think it would have it would have worked as well. I don't think his the personality how he talked. He had kind of like that 1940s like ah see kind of kind of guy like news reporter kind of feel to him. Um, but you, you he was a very like to me he was a very interesting character and in how he was kind of like a lot of like it, it it helps you build a lot more of Tony and understanding how Tony is because he is a lot like his father. So it's a very interesting type of character. Like he's very inventive. He's very passionate. He's also risk-taking and daring and like flying a plane over enemy lines. Like it's kind of like maybe stuff Tony didn't know about his father that, you know, we got to get a glimpse to. Yeah. Yeah. I think it definitely gives you a, uh, it almost, I, in a way, we end up getting to know, you know, Howard Stark throughout all. Because this isn't the only time that 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 right. Howard Stark makes an appearance in the MCU. Right. And in a way, we almost get to know Howard Stark on a more intimate level than Tony ever did, um, which is kind of an interesting thing because, as Tony describes Howard, he's very, you know, cold to him, and you know, he's not really 
around much and stuff like that. So we actually get to see who he actually was as a person, whereas right. from the sounds of it, Tony didn't really have a fucking clue. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure this is pre Tony getting married or, or having, uh, or pre Howard getting married and having Tony, um, you know, and, and again, it all, it all falls into, like I said, Tony being a lot like his father. And I think a lot of people miss that with when they're watching a film and you're, and you're looking at characters, you don't really see that thing. Like Tony is very involved in his work. And when he puts himself into it, he dives head first into it the same way his father did. And I, and a lot of things like Tony, like really resents his father for certain things. I think that he, uh, he also is a lot of his dad and he just doesn't realize it. And people are like too afraid to tell him. So, you know, it, it's great that we get that, that that's something that I don't think a lot of people catch on to, or at least, I mean, I caught onto it in the movie. Um, but I, again, you know, that's something, if you're listening to this podcast and you, and you go back and you watch the first captain America, maybe look for that maybe see that contrast is what I'm talking about in, in that character, because while he's not a huge player in this movie, he is a very big part of this movie in a, in a, in a, in a sense of character building. And I don't think a lot of people catch it. And it's something I, I, you rarely see in a film because we're going to fast forward and get more Tony Stark and not enough Howard, Howard Stark. Well, the, the the one interesting thing is is Peggy Carter that is in this movie, um, Agent Carter. She her relationship with with uh, with uh, Chris Evans as Captain America in this movie always felt shoehorned in. Like it didn't fucking matter to me because we all know how the movie ended. Like anybody who knew Captain America knew how this was going to play out, mm-hmm. and so it always felt like it was kind of a shoehorned in relationship. And I always kind of felt like a little bit of like, eh, I don't really give two fucks about this relationship. And then they finally actually pay off. It pays off a lot in the later MCU films. So I think that this movie gets better. The, the further down the MCU rabbit hole, you've been able to travel. Right. Um, Which I haven't. So, I mean, yeah, so I mean, I think whatever you think of it now, I think you're going to like it even more as you travel down the, the rabbit hole. But Agent yeah, and, Carter... And, 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 and I No, and just to, to your point, I think that the Agent Carter and Captain America sidebar love story that they build there is... It's not essential to the story, but it kind of is in, in a sense of like at the beginning when we see really under, under height, underweight captain america we see you know steve rogers and he's talking about like you know how girls don't really want to talk to him or anything like that and then you know he gets this new body and for a guy who got a new body and a new new set of abilities like he took it pretty well (laughs) like like most guys that kind of get that power even like tony stark the hulk um even thor like we had that uh, that 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 weird transitional period where he's like, we're like, oh, I don't know what I what I want to do or how I'm going to control it or what I want to do now. But Cap's just like, you know what? I want to fight people. I want to punch Nazis in the face. I'm gonna fuck people up. I'm gonna fuck people up. <laughs> like he was just like, all right, I got what I want. I got what I always wanted. All right, let's make this happen. Like from the word go, like we got to see him in action from Jump Street, like. I'm going after this dude and I'm going to like dive in the water and pull this submarine top off and, and beat this dude's ass. And yeah, he like, but that's a huge difference between like certain characters. Like cap is a very like balls out, go for it kind of guy. And, you know, we see that with the underweight Steve Rogers. Um, and it just, it just ups the ante once he's a- able to, you know, fight better and he's faster and, stronger and he, he has all those new powers uh encased in, in that body of his yeah no for sure i um so i don't know if you're aware but um after this we do actually they do a spin-off series of agent carter and you do get a whole lot more howard stark in that series as well so that's a cool little added bonus thing that they do i'm, I'm we're not going to be reviewing that at least 
right now. And, he, <laughs> and you know, if, if there's a demand for it, you know, later on down the road, then that might be something that we do. But <clears throat> but right now, that's not the thing. So it's interesting that they do give us that opportunity to get to know that character a whole lot more. Um, but you're right about the about Steve. I mean, he just he just was. I don't know. It was it, he's he's just born for it in a different kind of way. Like every other, every other person that, that is an Avenger is almost kind of like reluctant or trained for it or whatever. But like Cap's different. He's just a different, he's cut from a different cloth. He's like, if you look at the storyline of like, like, uh, you know, Hawkeye or, or, uh, or, um, black widow all of even even those characters they're very they were kind of forced into the worlds that they were in or grew into those positions and tony stark in 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 a way he was kind of forced into the position that he was in and then kind of took that path a little bit further you know uh fucking the hulk all of that stuff but cap's a different cut he's he was this is what he wanted he was he was a fucking he was the guy from go it's the old saying he's willing to die on his shield yeah he's willing to die on his shield that's that's the cap that when you think about like the old uh the old uh roman warriors and they talk about dying on your shield that's what that's the whole emphasis of cap and why he has a shield is that he you know he he'll fight to the end and he'll fight to the death and that because he doesn't all he wants to do is defend his country and defend the world and he's willing to to do whatever it takes and he will he will live and die by his shield yeah and it's 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 such i don't know man it, it to me it's such a beautiful thing yeah right? no i mean the steve rogers character is is a very is a very interesting character to himself i mean even in the comic books he's he's a very interesting type of cat uh and they bring it to life here because you know you want to root for that guy you want to root for the little guy and then he becomes the big guy and you still want to root for him like you don't he didn't change like nothing nothing changed he you know he he's like all right well they're like well you can you can help your country in a different way and they make him go out and do song and dances (laughs) which by the way i laughed so hard during the the song and dance number when he kept punching hitler and there was this, there was a foot of daylight. <laughs> I was thinking about that. I was thinking about it the whole the time. Godfather school of fighting. I was, <laughs> I was like, I know, I know it's a show and he's not really <laughs> supposed to deck the dude, but I thought it'd been funnier. If like the first, the, the first take of the first night, he actually punched the dude. <laughs> he's, and he's like, bro, <laughs> like, he's, like, hey. he's like, Hey, Sonny Corleone, let me teach you how to fight. Come on over here. Let I me- would have lost my mind. <laughs> lost my mind, kid. Kid, come here. Let me show you how to throw a a, a work punch. You know, you gotta leave a foot. You gotta leave a foot of daylight in between. The name's Corleone. Let me teach you. <laughs> oh, I la- I laughed so hard. I had to pause the movie. I was dying laughing because I completely forgot about it. Um, <laughs> I man, I. I I remember watching this back in the day and I've only ever seen it one other time and I really didn't give two shits about this movie the first time I saw it. Right. And watching it this time, I was like, wow. Yeah. This is a fucking great movie. Yeah. Like the second go round after I knew what I was getting and after I've built up 10 years of Captain America love getting back to you know getting able to go back and see that origin again i give way more of a fuck about this movie now yeah and it was so like like i honestly believe like after seeing this i don't think that there's a better piece of the mcu than the captain america trilogy i personally don't think that it gets any better than those three movies i i I honestly think that this because when i watched it the first time i was like okay this is a really good movie this isn't a really good comic book movie this is a really good movie 
Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, okay, if I'm going off of it's a comic book movie, it's a really good comic book movie too. Now it's not canon by any means whatsoever, but it's close. It's very close. So, and my nephew is a huge Captain America fan. So I go to him, I like have to go to him for like Captain America knowledge and he will just spit out whatever. So like, I watched it again. I was just, I was just as enthralled with it as I was, you know, uh, before. Like, still, because I hadn't watched it so long, like you, that I'm like, okay, I remember these parts, but like, okay, what's going to happen now? And I'm, I'm still tied to my seat. And I think that this was like where they were like, okay, we've got something here. We've, we've got, we're, we're on, we're on a roll. Let's keep this going. Let's keep this ball moving. Yeah, and then Avengers came out, and Avengers was fucking huge and really good. And then, you know, they're like, all right, now we, we're going to go really far down this rabbit hole and keep going. Yeah, I mean, honestly, to me, the, the worst, the only flaw that I found in this movie was that CGI. That CGI is really the biggest, the biggest, like anything else, that was a flaw apparently i didn't see it because it just never clicked to me because i was just so fucking in like i was so like even though the the cgi was bad on 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 steve rogers for right. that whole beginning part of the movie right. i didn't give a fuck like it was just like i'm like man there's something like there's something about like chris evans has such heart in this whole like even when he's just a head on you know transposed onto a different fucking body or whatever the fuck they did there it just there's so much there's so much fucking heart in that character mm-hmm. and you can't help i mean it doesn't matter what else weird shit's happening in the movie with that cgi you're like man i fucking love this dude like you yourself like before he gets the fucking thing you're like man if i saw him i'd fucking i'd jump in there and fight it you know somebody for him like i would I'd be like, fuck it, like, let's go. I, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, it goes back to like the old saying, like, it's like, uh, it's like Rudy. It's like when you're watching Rudy, you like, you, you see this guy who's got fucking miles and miles of heart, and he's go, trying to play for the best football program in the country at that time, and he's he's older, so he's like 26 or whatever, and so and he's undersized. And like just even making the practice team for Notre Dame, you know, he went to college and, and did all the stuff and you, you root for the guy. You want the guy to just to get his dream of playing for Notre Dame football. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we get that at the very end of the movie. It's the same, same kind of feeling with, with Steve when, you know, even after he gets his powers, we're still, we're rooting for him to, to do what he wanted to do. And we get teased throughout, you know, most of the movie where, you know, he's doing the whole, Captain America sell, selling war bonds gimmick, mm-hmm. you know, and which is a cool callback back to honestly how the character came about because he's really just a source of pro- like he was just propaganda, right? Was the whole reason why he even existed, right? So I thought that was a really cool callback to that kind of you know day and right. age, yeah, and and that you know and but it also helps build this story because he he literally disobeys orders and goes out on his own and you know be, becomes a hero and even tommy lee jones throughout the whole movie is just like basically like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna give you any love kid but okay good job <laughs> like <laughs> he's like i still don't like him but you know you like you see it like the whole reason he was picked is because he has heart he he he's willing to put his body in line like the grenade scene mm-hmm. like Tommy Lee was trying to prove a point and it backfired on him. Like you, you want Rogers, but, but I got this guy and this guy's passing all the tests and he doesn't have asthma and he throws the grenade and he basically was like, get out of the way and jumps on it and tell people to get away. Like yeah. it's a very like critical scene in the movie, mm-hmm. but that's, this is a story about heart. This is a story about, you know, perseverance and story about, you know, loving your country and wanting to put your life on the line for that country and that cause again, the, you know, I've talked about it in other episodes about my grandfather and just listening to the stories about, you know, the war, 
And my grandfather didn't have a choice to go to war. He got drafted, but he never regretted it. He, you know, he told me I, I never regretted going and fighting for my country. You know, I felt after I got there that it was my duty to go. You know, I didn't draft, you know, dodge the draft. I went there. You know, even though I was a, you know, a mechanic and I wasn't on the front lines, he's like, I still was part of the war and I was still, you know, helping my country and helping win this war because everybody back then had a different feel uh, about, you know, the pride they take in their country. And you see that in Steve and I, and I got that kind of nostalgia with my grandfather. And, you know, even though it was in Europe, it wasn't in, in Japan or the Pacific theater. I still got that kind of feeling about my grandfather talking about his, you know, experiences and that time period. I, I, and it might be the reason why I really love that time period is because of those stories. My grandfather used to paint a picture for me when I was a kid and be able to kind of illustrate how things looked. And I, that that's one of those things like I, I took from this movie too. Yeah. I, um, I don't. I mean, honest. I I can't give this movie enough praise, man. I was so I was so. Because going into it, I was like, "Eh, this is the worst Captain America. Who gives a fuck?" And I even said it on the podcast. I was like, "Yeah, this is the worst one," and it might very well be, in terms of the overall trilogy. But there's something about it, man. There's just some. There's it's that fucking, like you said, it's the heart. It, this is this is the Rudy of the fucking MCU. Mm-hmm. And it is, it fucking hits so hard. And I even hate Tommy Lee Jones in this movie. I'm not saying he was, I'm not saying he blew me away, but I wasn't like, why the fuck is Tommy Lee Jones on my TV? You think Tommy Lee Jones was a little two-faced in this movie? (laughs) He played a better two-face in this fucking movie. (laughs) I'll give you that. I will. I'll give you that. I just wanted to make that joke. I just wanted to really want to make I that mean, joke. As you should. I mean, Tommy Lee Jones owes me like, like eight bucks. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I'll, Tommy Lee Jones dies, I might take a trip out to California and collect it from his widow. Like, you owe me eight bucks. Listen, I, I went to that movie. I went. I went to the <laughs> Batman movie as a kid. Like, my dad's dead, so you owe me eight bucks. <laughs> <laughs> You actually, you actually owe me more than that because I bought the DVD set. So you owe me like, you owe me like twenty two fifty. Matter of fact, how long was the movie? Two hours. I'm gonna need a minimum wage during that time period. I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need <laughs> for I'm gonna two need, hours on top. I'm gonna need, need fifteen dollars an hour. <laughs> right. But um, yeah, you know th- this movie is is really good, and and anybody listening, you're like not seen it if you don't think you're going to be a captain america fan you, you don't have to be you, you really don't have to be you can watch this movie and have a great feeling coming out of it and it makes you really enjoy it and it's 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 got a love story it's got action it's got comedy it's got a lot of things rolled into one and it doesn't do a bad job of managing it at all no it's smooth the transitions are good the pacing's great um, like I said, the, my, my two problems were CGI and there were some action scenes that were really sped up that I didn't, I didn't, I get, they were, they were going for cinematography look like when they're, they're doing the, the montage of them going in, like busting down, like the, the different, uh, 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 hydro, uh, uh bases mm-hmm. and they're, you know, they they sped all that up. And while, like, while you know, for cinematography purposes and, and, and keeping the movie less than four hours, I get that. I understand why they did it. But, you know, um, I still would like to see a little bit more because we only got so much out of the, the, the Captain America crew that he had. We only got so much out of them. So I felt like there could have been more there as well. But yeah, I would like to get some more dumb, dumb Dugan. Um, it would have been. It, with the the only thing that this movie does is leave you wanting more of it, and that's to me that's not an issue. Like the biggest thing that like like you said, I would have loved to see more of the crew and stuff. But well, they I left you on a, they was, left you on a cliff. They left you on a huge cliffhanger at the end. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, granted, but like, I mean, granted, I've seen the I've seen the Avengers, and so this is me going back later. 
when seeing it with you know having seen every movie in the MCU, including Endgame and beyond, and I'm you know even current on fucking every up to the point where this Friday, which is the day after this comes out, the uh, fucking Falcon and, and uh, Winter Soldier comes out, which is interesting because you know they're Cap's two biggest uh, you know sidekicks or partners or whatever the fuck you want to call them that exist in the MCU and then they get their show coming out a, a day after we release this which is cool um, well, I'm not going to lie I think we're crushing it in timely um, <clears throat> episode accidentally to be fair because um, we're going to be reviewing the Justice League and Avengers in the same week too so I think that's a really good thing that we're doing so whatever I mean are we the greatest podcast of all time yes but you know what I mean are you too modest who's counting you know what i mean and that's just it so um anyway i don't want to talk anymore let's get the let's get to the next part let's get let's get to the the meat and potatoes the uh favorite scenes favorite scenes is where we'll start i will go first it is the scene where what i assume is the first girl steve rogers has ever kissed and it's not agent carter and then she pulls him in the room and he sees the shields and he's like, Oh, what about this one? And and Tony's first like, Well, it's you know <laughs> Yeah, and she and Agent Carter grabs, you know, grabs the gun and he pulls the shield up and he's like, oh, it works. Whew. That you know why that you know why you like that scene? Because you were like so attracted to Agent Carter at that time. But I'm attracted like, to I was my- attracted. Look, nineteen forty five pinup woman, attractive. I don't care. Oh, I mean, yeah, oh, she's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. She's, she's she's modeled after a 1950s pinup woman and if you give me a 1950s or 40 40s pinup girl, I'm going to be like hot. Um no, I agree. And um yeah, that's that's like a weird my type too. I get it. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I yeah, I totally understand. It's like it's like one of those weird things that like like my grandpa and I could be like, she's hot. You know what I mean? Like that's a weird thing. Um, <laughs> but like, I don't know. Like, grandpa, did you but, get that Pfizer shot? That's that's the wrong shot, grandpa. Yeah. That's the wrong shot. Um, but I don't know that scene. I that scene probably like um it does step up her attractiveness in a weird way because like. I shouldn't be like pumped that she's shooting. She's just trying to shoot me. Right. Like I shouldn't be pumped that she unloaded six rounds, but there's something hot about it. You know what I mean? It's like, so I get it. And like from you, I know that you're into like, you know, whether you know it or realize it or not, you're into girls that just are nuts. And that's just, you know, how it works out for you. Let's hold on. Time out. Pump the brakes. Okay. We're in the snow at this point. We We need to stop. Okay. Uh, I am I am attracted to girls who are a little bit crazy. Number one, number two, but I seem to find the girls who are like batshit crazy. Okay, okay, I, I seem to find those because like you get a little bit of the crazy, and then like the gloves come off, and you're like, "What the fuck happened here?" So yeah, like I haven't been stabbed by a girl that I've dated. You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah, that's and I can- I can say that. Yeah, I can. <laughs> I can't. That's a whole other. That's a whole other uh, podcast and a whole other story. Right. Next. But week, yeah, no, um, and I'm and like that we, she's we, no, she's she's just a no. The reason I think for the attraction to her, honestly, is because number one, she's a very go- she's a very gorgeous woman. Mm-hmm. Number one. Number two, she has this way she holds herself and carries herself, and she's not. Like girls who don't reveal a lot to me are like super attractive. So like when you see her wearing like her suit and her 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 her, her suit dress, the modesty. It's, it's very modest and it's very attractive. And she she dolls herself up. I think that's super attractive. But then she puts the cocktail dress on you like, oh, even think even even uh, Bucky and and Cap were like, huh? He's like, I'm invisible. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but then at the, at the, 
the other part of it, I think that I, that I, I think is really attractive about her is, you know, if you think about the time period and you think about who she is, she's a woman in power in a time when women had no power. Right. Correct. She, like and I said, she, but I said she, that's how she carries herself. And then she, she and she gives no fucks about what any like she doesn't care what any dude says at all. She is confident. She is strong. Yep. And to me, I, I, I absolutely love strong women. I think that like my girlfriend's a very strong woman. Sometimes she's crazy, uh, but you know that's you know we can edit that out. But whatever. Um, Not happening. Anyway. <laughs> Um, no, um, but you know, I, I I really find that it to be a very attractive quality that that somebody can be strong and confident and stuff like that. Yeah. And so, especially in a time period when when you know women were expected to be meek and just you know seen and not heard and and all that kind of stuff. So right. it's it's cool to see her speaking her mind. And then at this at the flip side, you know, I'm raising girls and they watch this movie, and so them seeing you know an agent carter who was like eh, whatever i'm you know just a background character that doesn't really that doesn't jive with the kind of girls that i'm trying to raise but like them seeing peggy carter as this strong woman who doesn't give a fuck who is there doesn't care if it's you know the biggest strongest dude that you got she's the one in control of the room that to me is a really cool thing to see mm. So I agree that that scene is really great. I think my it's not my favorite scene. Sure. Um, my favorite scene in this movie is um, when he's breaking the people out of uh, prison or whatever the hell that is, the little camp. And I, I don't know why, but I found it so fucking funny when he's like trying to unlock their cages and shit from like the top and like they look up and they're like who the fuck are you supposed to be and he goes captain america like they're just the way this the the like little bit of cockiness that's in that statement that's like i'm fucking captain america i don't know i fuck it that 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 did it for me that shit was like i was like fuck yeah you are captain america that's what i'm talking about yeah super super good scene because they're all like they're all like perplexes who the fuck is this guy yeah, like, because he's in, like, fucking, like, pajamas is what it looks like. You know what I mean? Like, he's in, a he's in the, he's in, like, a onesie with, like, a weird metal shield. And, like, Pan- they're, like, pansy red booties. Dude doesn't have any guns or nothing. And he's just fucking going to take, like, what? Like, yeah. No, it doesn't make any sense. But he's, like, he's fucking, got his, I'm He's got his shitty stage shield. Yeah. Like, it's a, just a fucking random scrap of metal that they put a strap on. Like, it just looked really shitty. Like from their standpoint, I'd be like, "This is the motherfucker that's rescuing us." I mean, honestly, you, you, if you stood there for a second and watched this this motherfucker beat people's asses with a with a prop shield, I'd be like, "All right, <laughs> all right, I'll follow this guy. I'll follow this guy. <laughs> all right." Then it gets the real shield. And you're like, "All right, this dude knows what he's doing with the- my fucking gun." <laughs> this guy. Um, favorite quote, sir. Uh, I can do this all day. That is my favorite quote from this movie. It is my. It's actually the, you my. Go favorite. for the easy ones. You go for. The... It's my favorite Captain America quote because I he, it's a callback quote. He uses it all the time, but it's just I don't know. There's something about that. It's just because of the weight that that quote holds forever in the MCU. It just it it works for me. Uh, so mine is there. It's a scene when they're. When uh, Colonel Phillips is driving the car to get to the plane, and uh, Peggy Carter says, "Wait," and then she kisses Steve, and then Peggy Carter says, "Go get him," and then he looks at and uh, looks at Colonel Phillips and he says, "I'm not going to kiss you." Yeah, <laughs> um, you know what? That reminded me of another scene that I really like too. I love the scene when they're doing the like jog. And he's like, and the, the drill sergeant's like, hey, you get that flag off that flagpole, you get to ride home in the Jeep with these with these guys. And everybody else is like, I'm going to climb the flagpole. And then Steve's just like, Plink, and then just grabs that shit and hands it to him. Because he uses his brain over like his pure brawn because that's the only fucking He doesn't have, he, he doesn't have any yeah. brawn. So he's just like, Plink. and like, I love that. That fucking moment is, is fucking pure gold. Yep. 
Um, let's see. Favorite performance. It's 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 gonna be Chris Evans for me. Yeah. But uh I'm not sure what her name is. The girl that plays Peggy Carter is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it's um do 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 it is Haley Atwell. Yeah, she's she's absolutely phenomenal in this. And I I'm actually as a result of this enjoying this so much, I'm actually watching uh agent carter as a result of this because her performance was so good i'm like man i want to see fucking more of that shit i think my buddy did stunts on agent carter your buddy does stunts on everything that i like i know right let me double check oh but yeah chris chris evans is so fucking good in this yeah, I, I think I'm gonna give. I think I'm gonna give it to Chris Evans too. Um, I, I do want to give us, you know, a shout out to uh, the guy who played Red Skull. I think that he he did a good job as well. Mm-hmm. I, I think that um, I wish we got a little bit more of that villain later down the road. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Um, he actually, my buddy does. He does stunts in Agents of Shield. Oh, okay. I'm just double checking. Uh, yeah, just double checking. Oh, he did stunts in Endgame. Did stunts in Endgame. The fuck? Yeah. I didn't do stunts in Endgame. Yeah. Yep. Just going down the line here. Uh, my friend's name is Josh Diego, too. If anybody out there wants to go on IMDb or look him up, uh, Former former pro wrestler, uh, he did something like Captain America: Civil War, Hunger Games. Going through the list here, of like the big stuff. Just every every MCU movie he does, we're just gonna have to come. No, nah, he hasn't. Yeah, <laughs> he said he'd come on, so I have to I have to get with him when we do Civil War. Maybe I'll message him. How many movies are away from Civil War? Um, let's see. We got Avengers. I think there's five, six or seven. Okay. Yeah, I'll have him come on for that. Maybe even end game. Maybe we'll do. For, maybe we'll just have him come on for end game. Well, they're far enough apart. Yeah. I'm just saying, maybe you know, the coup de gras will be. So we'll just have him come on for end game since he did something there. So. Yeah. But I'll I'll, I'll shoot him a message. Let him know we're talking about bring him on for sure. He said he'd do it, so I just don't know what his schedule looks like. He's, you know, filming shit, so. But, um, all right. What are we on to? Ratings now? We are on to ratings now. I hate to do this, but I'm going to do it. I hate to do it. I really do. It kind of hurts me because this movie's really good. But that CGI is just fucking atrocious. And it's hard for me to get around that. And being an trying to be an honest movie reviewer. And if I'm shitting on CGI in other movies, I'm going to shit on it here too. So this movie is going to get a 9.5. And that's like the most minuscule thing that I think I've ever given as far as closest to a 10. But 9.5, that CGI, I, for as good as this movie is, that shit should have been tightened up really really good and it wasn't yeah i um i'm so this movie was huge um and it was a fantastic movie the thing about it is is this is this is actually before disney's involved Right. I understand. I, I get that. So this is before this is this is Marvel Studios when Marvel Studios had no money. Again, so I still get that. I, yeah, I'm gonna so I'm just I'm just saying for my I'm saying for my for my rating. I'm taking that into account for my rating. Okay. I'm not saying that you don't have I'm not saying that your your nine five is unjustified. 
Right. I, no, I get what you're saying. I'm, I'm just, I'm pleading my case like a good prosecutor would and saying, okay, look, it's still, they're a major movie studio. They weren't. They were a, they were an indie movie studio. Hold on. Who, who, re- but who released this? Who was the, who was the it backer? Was just, it was, there was no backer. It was, it was Marvel. Okay. Hold on here. It was distributed. Marvel's had Marvel's made money with other. We've done four other MCU movies. They've made money, but the only reason they made money, they they were they were failing as a company before, um, fucking Iron Man came out. They were they were fucking tits up. They were about to go out, and then they decided that they were going to make their own movies because they didn't like the direction that some of the other things were going, and they weren't really getting the money out of it. So. It wasn't translating into money for for Marvel, so they were basically an indie movie studio. Mar the the fucking Captain or uh, Iron Man movie, which was only what three movies ago. Uh, yeah, three three movies is all they've done because uh, the Incredible Hulk was a primarily a Paramount picture. Because they owned a, a little more of the rights in that one. Okay, but so they were they were they were closer to an indie movie studio with just a renowned name. It wasn't until later that this becomes a Disney property, and then they have fuck tons of money. So, knowing that the CGI is not as bad, and knowing that you know, if you look at it from that standpoint. But I do understand, you know, that that whole thought process. Now, because I know that it was, you know, they were still they were still kind of dealing with tough times, and basically until Mar until Disney stepped in, because I just I literally have watched like three documentaries on their their thing in the past like week or two. Um, before Disney stepped in, Marvel was just gambling on every fucking movie they put out. Like they were gambling the whole shit on every movie they were putting out. Like they were like, okay, we're going to invest, you know, half of what we made off the last movie into this movie. And then the rest of the money is going to keep us afloat as a company. And so they were, they were kind of just kind of gambling their way through basically like, all right, we've got rent money for two months. <laughs> I'm going to put half of it on black. And then the rest of it's going to go to paying this month's rent is basically the way that. I understood how they were going about things. And so for them to do that and then also put out movies at the rate that they were doing and then making them good, to me, that's really impressive. And then it wasn't until Disney stepped in that they really got, you know, big film studio money to back them. And then they could do whatever the fuck they wanted to do. But uh, yeah, yeah. But, like I said, I just think that I think it could have been done better. It, it, you, I'm not saying the seat, you know, that the, all the budget was put into somewhere else, but I, for my money, you're putting on a major motion picture and Paramount greenlit it and said, okay, this is good to go. Like, I, I, I have, I have a problem with it. I really do. I mean, you know, and and you know, I, I understand what you're saying. I get it. I just, for me, it's like it's not a big thing and it shows in my rating, but it is kind of a big thing when you're trying to portray something that isn't what it is. Yep. Okay. I mean, I, 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 I'm, uh, I'm going to give them the full benefit of the doubt on this one. Um, simply because I don't see this as being like, I'm looking at, I'm looking at them as a, a indie movie studio because they actually they financed this completely on themselves paramount only agreed to distribute it and warner brothers was literally literally was in talks with him so it was literally going to be or or not yeah warner brothers so it almost we almost had warner brothers being the main distributor of of marvel movies alongside the main distributor of dc so thank fucking god that didn't happen um but uh to me, because of the situation that they were in, I'm going to go ahead and give them a full 10 on this um, simply because 
I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt on that and assuming that most of their budget went into trying their fucking damnedest to make this thing work. Um, so that's where I'm going to land on it. I can understand. I'm not upset at Devlin for taking away points from it. And I thought about taking them away myself, but because the CGI didn't ruin anything for me and it really didn't take me out of the story at all. I didn't feel like it was necessary to take away. I, I it, look, it didn't ruin anything for me either. It was just kind of hard to watch those scenes. Like look, I almost I had to close my eyes and like, just listen to the dialogue but I wanted to see everything that was going around around him because we were getting Brooklyn and we were getting New York and we were getting the 1940s. And I wanted to see that. I get it. I, uh, I, I completely understand the situation. I, um, I just, uh, I don't know. That's where I land, you know, Jason, but, was, oh. uh, Jason was flashing me, uh, his, uh, his chesticles. Uh, because I was talk, I, I'm able to multitask and talk and listen and scroll through IMDb all at the same time. I mean, props to you, Dev. <laughs> all right. Well, that is it for Captain America, the first Avenger. Uh, we appreciate you stopping by and listening to this bonus episode. We have. 20 more <laughs> bonus episodes uh, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe to go. Um, the next one on the docket is Avengers. It is Avengers. It'll be great. And I actually seen this in the theater. So, um, like I said, my, my Marvel watching didn't stop until about... Uh, I believe Civil or no uh, Winter Soldier. I tried to. I think I, I think I skipped Winter Soldier for some reason. I have no clue why. And I went tried to watch Civil War, and I, I think I fell asleep through it. But Avengers next week. But before we go, we like to leave you with a few sayings. It is St. Patrick's Day, uh, one of my best friend's favorite holidays, um, and he used to have this great saying when we go to baseball games and the Minnesota Twins would lose. It was his most hated sports franchise he would look at me and he would say all is right in the world today and i knew exactly what he meant so from me to you for st patrick's day salantia um and i always like to end on my most favorite movie quote of all time which is never take life too seriously because you'll never make it out alive all right folks next week Zack Snyder cut of Justice League and bonus episode Avengers. We will see you later. Woo!